The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. This is a first in the over 900 episodes of Talk is Jared. We've done a lot of paranormal shows, uh, done a lot of ghost-type shows and hauntings, and both of my guests have been on the show. Jeff Waldridge uh, was on the Deathmatch show that we did, and of course, Lenny, Dr. Luther, has been, been on quite a few times. But this is a first. We're sitting in the dark here in the middle of uh, the haunted Anderson Hotel, in Lawrenceburg, uh, Kentucky. And I got to tell you guys, um, I've had a few ghost shows that I've done and um, you can tell the difference between, oh, ha, 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 it's a ghost show and like feeling really unsettling. This is very, very unsettling to be sitting in the middle of this dark room uh, in the middle of this haunted hotel. You can feel it. It's very heavy. It's very heavy, It's right? got like a heavy vibe to it. You don't know who's looking at you. You, know, you don't know who's listening. Well, and, and Jeff, you are kind of the ipso facto caretaker of of the Anderson. Like, kind of tell us your background, how you ended up letting us in here in the middle of the night. There's some keys and locks involved. Uh, <laughs> once again, there's no power in here. You actually had to give me some batteries uh, to put in the back of my Zoom recorder so I can record. So. Yeah, the uh, I don't know if that's like a a great title to have because I mean you you have to come into this place by yourself quite a bit when you're taking care of it. Right. Um, I kind of fell into that role several years ago, and uh, then I left probably around 2016. They were going to turn it into a haunted house, so you know, okay, cool. I'd investigate like a Halloween haunted. Yeah, house. yeah. So you know, I'd investigated this place to that point probably over 300 hours. So I was like, okay, that's fine. Whatever you got to do. So then uh, probably last year, last November, I had an uh, investigation event planned at another historic place here in Lawrenceburg. That fell through, so I contacted the owner, and I was like, would you be interested if I did it at the hotel again? And he was like, why don't you come and talk to us? So I came. I met with uh, Jackson and Betsy, which own Heavens to Betsy, the very good deli downstairs. And... Uh, here I am again. So I'm, I'm here. Uh, I'm back at the hotel. And the weird part about it is this hotel has had a very large impact on my life because it's actually how I met my wife. So it's, you know, it's kind of weird how this hotel keeps kind of chasing me around. And Lenny, you said you were over in England and saw a show about this with, with, with Jeff involved. I was. I was. So he had contacted me maybe a month before this because right. when we were going to be coming here to wrestle and i was like that sounds awesome so I, then i went to england and i'm my walkabout and i get to my hotel i turn the tv on and <laughs> I, he's right there on the screen talking and they were like we're at the anderson hotel and i was like oh my god that's exactly where we're going so i texted him i'm like right. i'm watching you on tv right now from england what show was it um, uh, paranormal lockdown with nick Groff. Yeah. yeah it was nick very good show, show. So they came here. Now, you mentioned this, too. So Paranormal Lockdown comes here, and you mentioned you had studied this hotel for 300 hours by the time you, you were invited to kind of almost work here. Right. Um, obviously a famous place. If ghost shows are coming. But what were you studying for 300 hours? Well, to, to, a lot to, of it was uh, just investigations. You know, I had to try to figure out, first off, is it even haunted? You know, is there any activity that takes place? I do the local uh, ghost tour here in town every September and October. So I'll get invited into a lot of historic buildings in town. And the first thing I tell them is, if it's not haunted, I really can't do much for you. Um, so when I started to investigate the place, 
you know, there's some activity and then it just started to peak. It started to get worse, started to get bigger, 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 bigger. Then people started to get scratched. People started to get attacked. And then, um, I've known Nick for a long time. Um, I'm actually, I help him produce his tour, the Nick Groff tour. We go around the country to haunted places. So he said, would you mind if I came there and filmed for paranormal lockdown? And I was like, yeah, that's, that's fine with me. So he was the first show to actually film here. And, um, he stayed for days. Yeah. Three days. That's the premise of the show was 72 hours in a haunted location. And I told him, I was like, that presents its own issues because there's no running water. There's no heat. There's no electricity. So they, to charge their batteries and things, they actually had to pull up an RV out back and run cords in, um, where they could keep their cameras, batteries going and things like that. And they had a ton of issues. Um, it would constantly drain batteries. They were having camera people and things get attacked. I mean, it's just mm. off the wall stuff happened with them. Well, okay. So you mentioned the scratchings. Obviously we talked about the bite, bite marks. Right. You, you took us on a little bit of a tour earlier and said you've seen three separate instances of people having human bite marks right. on their bodies. Um, I guess before we get into all the individual hauntings and experiences, explain to us the background of what the Anderson Hotel is. So um, all the research that I have, I've literally had to read through old newspapers and talk to previous managers and tenants. And what I found was around 1927, uh, the buildings that sat on this plot of land burnt down. And then they rebuilt those buildings around 1930. There were one-story buildings. And then around 1933, they decided to put a hotel on the second story. Um, Like I was telling you all earlier, the weird part about that is they literally took the floor and put it against the ceiling down below. So they started a hotel. Now, the question that I get, and why would you open a hotel in a bourbon town during Prohibition? Mm -hmm. And I think it's because they were trying to get a jump on the business because... There was no other hotel in town at the time, so they thought, hey, the bourbon industry is going to come back. We'll have this hotel to be just a successful thing. Well, the bourbon industry never came back like it originally was. We only had three distilleries whenever it came back, which we still have, Wild Turkey and Four Roses, but they were stuck. And a lot of people ask the question, well, why don't they change what it is? They can't. Because all of the walls up here are load-bearing walls. They knock a wall down, the ceiling comes in on top of them. So we're stuck with the 26-room hotel. So what do we do? Um, around the 50s, business had kind of fell off. And you could stay here for $2 a day. And that would be the equivalent of a $30 hotel room. Um, my advice to anybody out there, do not stay in a $30 hotel room. <laughs> that's that's way worse than any ghost that I'm sure you have. before in the old days, right? Right. 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 So, yeah. I'm sure traveling and, and yeah, back yeah, in the day, yeah. you know, there's many Memphis stories I've heard sure. about uh, the old cheap hotels. But, yeah. you know, and that's what happened here. It basically turned into a flop house. And it's a place where eventually it turned into short-term to long-term apartments. And you could stay here for $5 a day as an apartment. And so what I found was people that were on fixed incomes would get a room here, people that were elderly, um, people just coming into town to try to establish roots would get a room here. Um, They also, there's many stories about people getting out of prison. And of course, when people get paroled or whatever out of prison, they need a place. Mm -hmm. So their family would get them a room here where they would have an address. Um, We had people getting out of the mental hospital in Lexington. Um, They would, their families would get them a room here. One of the most notable stories there was there was a, a uh, fellow that had returned from Vietnam. He was having some mental health issues, and he actually tried to set one of the front rooms on fire. So didn't burn the hotel down. So they, you know, he, of course, had to go get help for that. But there's all kinds of little stories like that. And it was open for some type of uh, habituation from 1934 all the way to the late 80s. So, uh, And then that brought all the stories that we have today. Well, let's get into some of them because you explained this. So how, how many deaths... Uh, have you counted being documented in this hotel? I've tracked it down to about 13 that I can verify. Now, this is just from the late 60s through the late 80s. There's a whole period of history from the 30s to the 60s we have no information on because those people have passed on. I can't find them in newspapers. I can't find any of that stuff. Um, I do know that there are some mysteries. There is a mattress um, that we verified had blood all over it. No clue what happened on that mattress because it's an older one. 
Um, there's one of the original claw foot tubs that has blood all inside of it that we verified as well with luminol. Just to say, we, we saw the first yep. mattress, and that thing is covered in blood. It's covered. So, and uh, we found that one stuffed down the back stairwell. So uh, the owner, previous owner, would take trash and stuff it down the back stairwell. That way people would not be trying to break in. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know. Um, there, there's definitely some mysteries up here. All right, so that's the one mattress you said, and then you said the bathtub. Right. So that's ele- that's two. What's right. the other eleven? You've got uh, several natural deaths that took place up here. Uh, some elderly folks passed away up here. Then you had a girl in her twenties that slid a wrist and bled out on our second bloody mattress yeah. in the hotel. Yes, we have two, um, and she died in the late eighties. And then there were two hangings. One man hung himself in a closet. In 1978, and then there was another man that hung himself in one of the back hallways. So, three suicides um, that unfortunately met their demise up here. And then the rest were a lot of natural deaths that happened because of elderly folks and things like that. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So I did a show for the a pilot, I think it was for the Travel Channel Discovery or something, where we were talking about the, the, the mysteries of the Bridgewater Triangle. There's all this paranormal activity right. and, 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 and sightings and everything. And one of the reasons they said is because it was where the Battle of, of King David was, which was the Pilgrims versus the original Native Americans, and they butchered 5,000 of them, whatever it was. So there's a lot of kind of negativity which, which attracts a lot of these spirits. Is this kind of... A similar vibe here. I mean, 13 deaths. This place is not very big. You can mention the 26-room hotel. Right. That's one death in every second room. Yeah, it's... it's and the, the rooms it, are tiny. Yeah, tiny. They're, they're not... And this is what I always tell people. I've been all over the country at some of the most notable haunted places you can imagine with the tour and things. I always tell people that this location reminds me the most of a prison or an asylum as far as the haunting is, mm. you know, because it's almost like... Every little room is its own little capsule. Yeah. And I explain it to people because you got to think the people that lived in there, their emotions and everything were just being absorbed by the walls. So whether they were going through happiness or sadness or, uh, you know, some type of unfortunate suicidal issue, those walls were just absorbing that stuff. And um, I think that this is probably the closest you will ever get to a prisoner asylum feel without being in that that environment because of that well you mentioned that it's a halloween horror house i'm thinking about when i go to universal studios or whatever and you go through you know the anderson hotel right. and it really does this does look like a haunted house that was created by universal studios right. like it really is you walk through there's even curtains hanging here like kind of ratty blanket-esque things and you walk through the one room it's got that smell to it this really is built you know very hauntedly it was, it was very easy for the haunted house to convert it into yeah. a haunted attraction. But whenever I met with them, because I gave them a lot of my research that they could use, I warned them. I said, you realize that you're taking all these people that are going to be coming through this haunted attraction, putting out all of this energy of being scared and, you know, screaming and things like that. And that building's just going to absorb that and it's going to feed off of it. And that's exactly what happened. Um, they had a lot of incidents. So the haunted, the haunted house was kind of before you were involved. So well, it was actually after. So like I was did involved. They, did they see any like yes. hauntings when they were yes. there? I mean the actual people coming in and yep. Halloween. Yeah, yeah. So so what happened was in 2016, I I basically stopped working with the place investigation was because they were going to make a haunted house. They did. They ran it for a few years. COVID hit, shut it down. So now that's kind of over with. You'll still see remnants of the haunted house because I haven't took it down yet. But whenever the haunted house was open, the owner would call me down about every year to do some type of counseling session with the actors and actresses because he needed help. So, I mean, some of the stories that they told were just crazy. Um, With the one bloody mattress, the suicide mattress room, 
they had poltergeist activity in that room for the first time, and I'd never seen that. Mm. They had a um, a knife sitting on the bed. It flew off. They had a speaker sitting by the mattress. It was pushed off to the point where they had to stop the haunted house for about uh, 20 minutes to reset the speaker. I mean, it was just constant stuff went on up here. Well, you mentioned poltergeist experiences. What does that exactly mean? You know, for uh, anybody that moving things is what most people say. Um, I mean, poltergeist activity basically just means noisy ghost. But, you know, they uh, people associate it with moving things, you know, people, things flying around, being pushed, whatever it is. And I'd never experienced that up here at all. That I'd never had anything move on its own. And uh, I think it's just from that energy that was just being pumped out into the building. So let's talk about some of the more specific, you know, uh, encounters, shall we say. I mean, we've gone in brief about, you know, this guy was hung and this mattress was bloody. But right. let's talk about some of the actual things that have happened and people who have seen and experienced things. So one of my first experiences myself, I was on the other side of the hotel and I was in the red carpet room or the burning man room as the um tv show like to call it and i started to hear footsteps and i was like okay that's strange but you were to hear footsteps but it, it wasn't normal footsteps it would take a step and then it would drag its other foot behind it mm. it would take another step and then you would hear the other foot drag behind it and this continued down the hallway toward the room where i was and i was like i don't know what that is but i hope it don't make it to the doorway because i don't need that kind of thing haunting my memories um, and it didn't. It never made it there. I'm okay with footsteps. I've seen many apparitions, but I don't want to see a creepy ghost dragging its leg behind it like some kind of creepy movie. Um, that tends to stick with you for a little while. Um, and then as I brought people in here for investigations and for my ghost tour, stuff started to really go on. That's when we did realize that each room where somebody was, it was almost like a little capsule and the ghost was in that room. Now, there are other ghosts that kind of roam the building. They're a little stronger for whatever reason. We do have one ghost that people call the legless man that people have seen. He's kind of a shadow figure, but it looks like a person with no legs walking on its hands throughout the hotel. I've never seen that one. Um, I've seen, uh, there's an app. Hold on a second. So, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's stop here. For Feel free to yeah, stop no, me no, at no, any time because some of this stuff's just normal to me at this point. Stop right there. A legless ghost right. pulling himself around by his hands. Yes. People have seen this. Yes. Uh, many people have that don't know the story. Um, one of the attacks that happened over in the hallway, he actually saw that crawling toward him when he was on the floor. Um, he was actually knocked to the floor out of the chair. And uh, he had bite marks appear on his skin. I captured all this on video. And, wow. you can, and he said that he saw this man walking on his hands, no legs, uh, it looked like he was coming toward him, so he he got up pretty fast. So you're seeing the the, the bites of the scratches actually appear on someone's yes. flesh. You have it on video. You said yes, and and I'll tell you, I was very skeptical uh, at first because I'd never seen that. I mean, you'll get scratches and things. I'd seen that well, happen. That's even pretty bad. It's just you know, a scratch. Though. Yeah, it's this just a scratch. Right. You know, but you know, I'd seen scratches in many places throughout the country, but never human bite marks, and um, so. Whenever we the first one that happened was actually a fellow investigator. Me and him were up here by ourselves. Um, it was about two in the morning when he got home, and he I got a text and he was like, "Hey, I've got a bite on my foot," and I was like, "Like a bug bite?" And he was like, "No, it's human bite mark through his shoe." Right. So he sent me this picture, and you can see, and I'll show you the picture. It's a bite mark on the top of his foot. Now, I wasn't biting any feet that day, okay? Did he feel it happen? Um, or he was did just not. Later? He said it was kind of like a sensation, so he saw it uh -huh. as maybe a bug or something, but nothing like you would think a bite would feel like. Um, and then... Well, so you don't even know when you're getting bit by one of these apparitions? Yeah, sometimes they don't feel them. Um, but didn't the cameraman feel it? He did feel it, yeah. um, and he, but he said it thought it was a bug at first because it was kind of that bug bite feeling, and that was in the Burning Man room. I'll tell you kind of the backstory of that, and if you want to see that, it's on Paranormal Lockdown, season one, episode two. And what had happened was the camera batteries had drained. So they were like, okay, we've got to switch camera batteries. When they had come back on right before, they said they heard something shuffling toward them. And it said it sounded like somebody wearing corduroy pants walking toward them. So they were kind of laughing, going, ha-ha, must be a ghost from the 70s. So they all got a laugh. 
All right? So camera came back on, and then that's when the attack happened. Now, I find up here that whenever you poke fun or take things a little lightly, that the ghosts are like, all right, we're going to show your ass. And, yeah, we're going to show you what we can do. And that's what happened in that situation. So what happened was the cameraman on the show got his side or his yep, back. Yep, right on bit, his lower back. And it showed it like... He, he almost he got, dropped he, he a $60,000 camera. Yeah. yeah, he left. He was so scared. I'll say this. Of all the lists of jobs I'll never do, being a cameraman on a ghost show is one of them. <laughs> I'll tell you the, those cameramen get f***ed every single time. Yeah, I'll, tell you the, I'll tell you the funny part about that, though, is like he's not like a ghost guy. That's um, the thing. They never yeah, are. Like his production company, when they were not working on Nick's show, they worked on Moonshiners. So like he was literally just a, a camera guy. Um, so he almost threw the camera on the floor, which it's like one of those red dragon, right. you know, 18 mm. K or whatever cameras. And he about threw it in the floor and, uh, he left that night. Now I had to come in every day when they were here just to make sure that they weren't dead, I guess. Um, so that morning I came in the next morning, they said, Hey, something happened with the cameraman. He got bitten and they showed me the photograph and I was like, well, it happens. Mm. Um, and then, you know, uh, the third one happened probably, I don't know, a couple months after that, a month or so. So you might get bit tonight. Yeah, yeah, you never know. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It always amazes me, like, what exactly, and we said maybe it's 13 deaths, but what keeps these ghosts here? What makes them be so malevolent where they want to come out and bite and that sort of thing? Is it a mocking thing? or is it Right. And that's that's one thing I've never been able to figure out with this location is why they are stuck for the most part in the room that they lived. Mm. And that's the strange part because you would think that they would be able to roam the place. Now, there are some ghosts that do roam the building. Um, but like for they them, can't leave the threshold of the right, room. Right, it's almost like they're stuck in that room for whatever mm. reason. Uh, like the drunk's room that I was talking about over there with all the liquor bottles. the drunk's room. Explains, yeah, so that. when we first come up here, it was like a time capsule. And when I first toured through the place, there was just personal effects everywhere. I mean, full of just personal stuff. So I was like, why would people leave their stuff behind? And I found one of the old lease agreements, and I have it framed inside of there. And it talks about that if you did not pay your rent on time, they would lock your door and keep your things. So basically what had happened was there was a number of people that didn't pay their rent and their things were still here. And so the drunk's room had all of these... um, bottles of ancient age that were empty in the closet Is that whiskey or something? right right it's a bourbon you know and it was it's not a very expensive bourbon back in you know then in that era so he he drank a lot and you know cheaply so okay cool there's a lot of bourbon bottles well i had one of the former managers i was set up out on the street kind of promoting the ghost tour and she said well that ain't place ain't haunted i used to manage it and i said well take me upstairs i don't care about ghost stuff I want to know about the people. So she told me many stories. And one of the stories she said, now I remember there was a guy that drank a lot and he lived on the old side of the hotel. So I said, well, take me to his room. And she walked me over there and she said, this is it. And it was the room with all the liquor bottles. So I I had it verified as a real person. I said, well, how do you remember him? She said, well, he would always try to cook on a hot plate in his room and that wasn't allowed. So I'd have to get on to him. And she said, he would also give his keys to a prostitute. And she would do business out of the room when during the day. And she said one of the most notable stories that I have was we came up the back staircase with the previous owner that absolutely knew nothing, according to him. And uh, there was some men waiting to get into the room and do whatever they do. And she said that they kicked the door in and threw that lady nude out into Main mm. Street right in front of us. So um, that was one story that the previous owner never told. So there's a lot of things that he didn't tell. It seems. sounds like she had good business, though. That's right. I mean, it seems like that, you know, she was running a successful business out of the room. So we, we know about the drunks room. Right. Is, do other rooms have names here? Yes. Uh, the Burning Man room got the name from the episode. Right. And the reason is, I always called it the red carpet room because it had red shag carpet. 
but uh, that's not cool enough for television. <laughs> so um, what I did was I talked to a previous tenant, and she said her brother lived in that room. And she said that in the 80s, he woke up in the middle of the night, and there was a man standing there staring at him burnt from the waist up. That's the only room that I can actually show had paranormal activity of some kind when it was open. Mm. And so that's the reason why it's called the Burning Man Room. I have no idea on why there was a person that was burnt from the waist up in that room. I do know for a fact now, and I just found this out earlier this year, that there was a mortuary that actually sat where we are right now doing this interview below us back in the 1800s that burnt. So I don't know if maybe there was some type of body or something in there that burnt. I don't know. It's That's just speculation. But I've never been able to figure out why there would be a person that was burnt, you know, haunting the hotel. That's there the room we have, the Hanging Man room, which is where the guy hung himself in 1978. Now, that's the one that has, there's still a chair in there. We looked at it right. earlier. It's a very low ceiling. Yeah. Um, there's a grate up there that's a pretty nice, uh, you know, heavy-duty steel grate. So what I, my assumption, and, and I kind of, I don't know for sure, but I think that that one time there was a really sturdy rod in there where people could hang clothes, and I would say that he probably hung himself from there. So I did have the suicide of the man that hung himself in the closet verified uh, from the coroner's assistant, and he said that he was a senior in high school. His uh, uncle was the coroner at the time. They got a death call at the hotel. And he said there was this big blizzard that had been on in Kentucky in 1978. So they came up. He said when they opened the closet door that he was hanging there. And he had been there for a little while. His feet were very swollen. And they had to take him down. He said one of his most notable memories about that incident was they had to take that body with the gurney down the front steps, which was really steep. When you all walked in, you could kind of see that. Um, so that's another room. He does not like women in that room for whatever reason. Um you know, they'll be touched, and there have been some EVPs recorded that were not so nice. Um, there's a little uh, shadow creature that kind of roams the hotel we've seen. It's about the size of a small cat. Uh, we don't know what that is. What, what do you mean you see just kind of wandering Yeah, just kind of zip around the hotel. You'll just kind of see it, you know, kind of the size of a cat, and it'll just kind of zip through the hotel. It might be a cat. It could be a cat. You know, I guess animals can be ghosts you know, as well. when we first came in here, and you've given us basically little handheld flashlights, and we saw the same thing. There's a big hall, and at the end, there's a big black. Do you remember? There's like It looks like a big guy standing across, just yeah. like a door or something. But right. we both, oh, my gosh. Like <laughs> I'm like, you don't know what you're going to see, right? You, you really know. don't. You don't know, and I'll tell you. When I first came back up here and started working with the hotel again a few months ago, first day I came up here, I hadn't been in here in years, and I was right where we are right now, and I started to hear footsteps. So I was like, ah, well, they're still here. That's good to know, because nobody had basically been in the building for about two years because of COVID. And so, I mean, who knows if they would still have energy or something they could draw from, but it hasn't slowed it down. It's actually worse than it was. There's actually newer ghosts up here now that I've never encountered before. Um, it, it's it's definitely a little stranger than it was before. Uh, the when first people are in the restaurant downstairs, do they hear anything from up here? Yes. Uh, they have heard many things. It almost sounds like something heavy falling on the floor or being drug across the floor. That's pretty notable from the employees downstairs. And I'll tell you, the funny part is the owner said at one time they heard this big bang. So they were like, the ceiling must have fell in upstairs. Mm. So he came up here, nothing. They actually have some of the old shower doors that are like wooden doors. And they had made like a, almost like a, you know, one of those old style oriental blinds around the bathrooms downstairs, just as decoration. And the stuff that they took down there has brought other things with it. So they do have activity downstairs now. Oh, wow. You mentioned that there's some newer ghosts, ghosts here that you haven't encountered. How do you know that? I never encountered... Uh, the haunted house always saw a lady in a black dress to the point she was so solid they thought it was a person that was left behind and from the haunted house. Uh, maybe a group had left and she was left. Never saw her before. She was a new one. The haunted clown figure, um, that's new. He's got something with him. Let's talk about the haunted clown. Yeah, the uh, the haunted clown's a weird one. Um, I'll tell you a little story with him. If it wasn't for the haunted clown, I would have never met my wife. Right. So um, you know, that's it's kind of strange that uh, he's there. 
and uh, that I have him now. And I'll tell you what happened. I asked the owners of the haunted house, I said, well, where'd you get him from? And they said they went to an auction. They bought an entire trunk full of little little clown figures because that was one thing they did up here. One room was like clowns and things. So they have no clue where he came from. They said that he was the only figure that whenever he would be around, he would cause problems. He would move. The lights would go down whenever they would come back on after the, the scene or whatever. He would be in a different position. He, uh, My wife would feel her hair played with when she was in there. Her, uh, she would feel things around her ankles. And the clown was a very intimidating presence. So um, whenever they were packing up their things, they sent me a text. And they were like, hey, we left you a present up there on the chair. When I came upstairs, there sat the clown. So I now have inherited this haunted little guy. And uh, he lived in my trunk for a little while because I wasn't taking him in the house. I'm not allowed to bring haunted things in the house, okay? it's The wife won't let it happen. Mean? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so no haunted objects. So uh, I, I put him in this nice little trunk, and I kept him in the trunk of my car. But it was kind of weird that my latch alarm would always go off in my car saying that the trunk was open. Hmm. And I've never had that happen. I've never had that happen since or before. But when the clown is back there, or I take him somewhere to speak about the hotel and I take him to show, my latch alarm always comes on in the trunk of the car. So it's almost like he's like, hey, I need out of here. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Have you ever experienced any other kind of haunted artifacts? Up here, um, there was a tablet. There was a little wooden tablet. Like, what do you mean a tablet? Um, it's a wooden plank, and it had a piece of almost like old-style paper on okay. it. And it had green writing on it, and it had drawings of a snake and a man with snakes. And I had paranormal folks that I trusted, uh, like John Zaffis, Rosemary Ellen Galley, God rest her soul. What's um, this guy you said? John Zaffis. Um, I've been to John's yeah, place. Yeah, That's so, what was making me talk about these haunted artifacts. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I I let John see a picture of this uh, tablet that we found up here, and he was like, it just looks like somebody's poor attempt at, at conjuring something. Mm. Um, so it was somebody dabbling in things they shouldn't have. Now, that tablet now is in the hands of Greg and Dana Newkirk that runs the Traveling Museum of the Paranormal Occult. Because I knew that the haunted house was going to be coming in, and I didn't want that tablet to fall into the wrong hands. So I said, take it, um, hang on to it, because I want to make sure that it's it's safe. Um, so if you ever see their setup, they have that. But I think that is probably where one of your stronger entities comes from, because there are a couple up here that will roam the entire hotel. But they seem like they're stronger. It's actually like if they come around, the other ghost will just stop. Because it's almost like they know that something like is scared of like, them. Yeah, it's like a higher level. Yeah. And uh, what you don't see in that Paranormal Lockdown episode, over there on the other side of the hotel, Nick was doing an EVP session. And he asked, he said, is there anything we need to be afraid of in the hotel? And the EVP comes through and it says, yes, run. Um, so I don't know. There's there's definitely something else up here that's a little, little stronger. I'm not going to say like demonic, but there's definitely almost like a higher level if there is such a thing of a ghost but it's, it's so i've different. never seen that episode of paranormal lockdown what else kind of happened on that in the, um in the Anderson? well you had um you had the cameraman get attacked right. they had uh other things happen uh, there were some evps that were recorded EVPs, and in the hanging man closet he had um, um, he had his, um, like his. It's not an obvious, but it was like that. It's like a uh, ghost box. And ghost box. Yeah. For anybody that that hasn't seen one, it's almost like an echo type chamber. That's kind of a very high, high end. Right. It's a very high end version of the ghost yeah. box. So it it scans frequencies and things, and it gives basically a voice where they can use. It's kind of a completed version of. Edison's telephone to the dead that he was researching right. before he and passed away. And he got some away. talking from that. Yeah, and, and it, voices were coming through, yeah. and, and there was some talking on there. So 
the uh, the ghosts up here have a way of of doing some things and you know coming through. Now Nick slept on the bloody mattress, the suicide mattress, Did. Um, and he wore brainwave monitoring equipment because there's a lot of reports that people have weird dreams when they're investigating that room. And he did dream, but uh, he didn't remember what it was exactly. But the brainwave monitoring equipment did pick that up. But you but, mentioned that, that that people do come investigate here and then have bad dreams. Yeah, afterwards. there's there's been a lot of dreams that happen in there. A lot of heaviness in that room. And But I tell people all the time, I'm like, somebody literally took their own yes. life in this room. So, you know, I definitely tell them, be respectful. But whatever they were going through... That's still there. I mean, sure. that those walls Snake are there. there. Yeah, it's there. And that's the room. That's the room. I think that had the Bible verses. Yep, on uh, the walls. On the wall, written on the wall. Um, when we first got up here, we found those laying over on a shelf, and it's three Bible verses that somebody had sketched look like with crayon, but uh, definitely an adult. I mean, they were very well done. The Bible verses are definitely some type of internal struggle so each one of them talks about some type of battle with an internal struggle of some kind which seems to be the theme of people that stay yeah, here it's really strange but i think that also comes from maybe their their lifestyle maybe they were hard down on their luck they were trying to get back on their feet um you know maybe some of them had uh, some type of sicknesses or things i mean there's definitely underlying causes so um but the hotel does have a a history of people meeting their demise by their own means uh unfortunately but uh but you got to think those rooms absorb those feelings so whatever they were battling that's still there that still lingers and and the definitely the suicide mattress room has a very heavy feeling at times there are some people that can't even stay in there long i've had people break down into tears and leave um, because it's just it gets very heavy in there very quick. Well, I remember when I, I went to the Pyramid of the Moon and the Pyramid of the Sun in Mexico City with Hector and Eddie Guerrero, probably to 1993, and going up that m- moon pyramid, right. there's a level of the altar of sacrifice, which has the blood yep. soaked in it, you know, from thousands of years ago, hundreds of years ago, whatever it was. But you're standing there and like some dude or probably multiple people right. were killed here. And you can feel like, like you yeah. said, it's very heavy. It's very unsettling. And I kind of felt that in the first hanging room. Right. When we went and stood by that closet and there's a chair sitting in there. And I was, it just really not freaked me out to like where I had to run away, but it made me feel like, oh, this like is empathy, or empathy, like but that. also to like, this isn't right. Yeah. Like something, yeah. something happened here and you can feel the heaviness I felt that as soon as we walked out the hallway. Yeah. The first hallway. There's an energy here, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you the crazy part is this building has the ability to flip almost like a light switch. Meaning? So sometimes it's really quiet. Like, you know, it seems pretty quiet right now. But then it has the ability just almost like you flip a switch and shit will just get off the chain. Right. Uh, You'll hear footsteps. People will get scratched and and just crazy, crazy, crazy. And then boom, it to go down again. And then uh, there's many people that will leave here, and they just feel drained mm-hmm. afterwards. It's almost like well, you their know, energy's taken. Yeah, it's it's like something is pulling their energy, and they'll just be like, "Man, that just wore us out." Like when they filmed the show here, at the end, the crew was like, "This has been the most draining shoot that we have done," and it's not even like physically demanding. It's one story, it's one floor, and they don't have to run up steps or anything. Mm-hmm. But they they were just drained after that. It was crazy. So many entities. Yeah, and they were just pulling from. Yeah. Um, I've had that happen a lot. I mean, it's it's just it's almost like they just pull, 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 and then with the haunted house, they were just boom. It's off. It's going. It's it's off to the races, and the ghosts are sitting there like, this is fun for us. Um, they will mess with you up here. They do like to play games. Um, one of the crazier things I had happen with that, it was I always had a rule that I wouldn't come into the building by myself because one for evidence purposes, if something did happen, nobody's going to believe you. <laughs> right. Um, and for another instance is they wouldn't mess with you. Um, we did have plastic over that staircase because I had, um, infrared cameras up here at one time. And so we had, uh, plastic hanging over that staircase. I was sitting at the bottom waiting for my friend to get here. We would come up here and do some work. And I started to hear a tapping on that brass um, 
uh, oh, the handrail there, and I started to hear something tap at the top, right, right past the plastic. You would hear ding, 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 ding. And so I basically just announced, I was like, I hear you, and I'm not coming up there. So I know what you're trying to do. So what they were trying to do is they were trying to lure me up to see what the noise was, and then who knows what's going to happen. But they do love to mess with you, and they will mess with me up here when I'm by myself. They like to do it. Have you ever set up cameras? <clears throat> I have. Um, you'll get you know orbs, which you don't know if it's dust or not, mm. just because you know it is a dusty old place. But nothing notable. Uh, we've never gotten anything notable on video cameras. Uh, most everything that we've gotten has been personal experience or audio, you know, EVP, uh, photographs, things like that. And then, uh, you know, personal experiences. We've had a ton of those, but some will talk up here. Some will not. Some will come through. Some won't. And then, of course, we've gotten pictures of, you know, it looks like just a hand in front of the camera, almost like blurriness. It's it's crazy because it's almost like they're like, well, we don't want to. You know, we don't want our picture taken, so do whatever. Just from a, a non-ghost standpoint, something else I found very, I don't know if it's horrific, but something very unsettling, once again, from from an architectural standpoint, is there's kind of two sides to this hotel, right. and you showed us on the other side what would happen if there was a fire. Right. Uh, explain that. So this town was very notorious for fires. We had like three very big ones, and it took down the courthouse a couple of times. So... They put an ordinance in place around the early 1900s that said any business house on Main Street had to be built out of brick. So in order for them to get a habituation certificate through the state, they had to have a pretty elaborate fire system. And one of those features, which there's no telling how many people died because of this feature in other buildings, but fire alarm goes off on the other side, then it drops a weight, the door slams and locks into place. So basically, those people are trapped now. It's a big, thick yeah. door. Yeah, it's a big, thick door That's that crazy. you're not getting through. <laughs> and how, how would the police system start when the alarm went off? It would shake the wall. The, right. The, yeah. The it would. It, there's a weight in that in that uh, ladies' room, and it would basically trigger that weight to drop, and then it would <laughs> slam that door, and the door basically looks like a big fortress door. Yeah, you can't get out. No, of that one. you're not beating through that door. Hmm. So the whole theory there is they go down the back fire escape. Well, what if the fire is in the middle of that building where yeah. everybody's going to die? Yeah. So they didn't think about that. Um, but, you know, who knows? Engineering was the strong point. Right. There. They were like, well, this will work great. <laughs> well, not if the fire is in the middle of the building. That's kind of a stupid thing. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. We were looking around, and once again, you know this area. For us, it's almost amazing. It's actually, for anybody... Trying to envision what this is like. Imagine if you've seen the Blair Witch at the end where they go into that right. dilapidated old house. And there's, there's, uh, you said there's a tunnel. There's some kind of a, a blocked off kind of tunnel area. Right. So, like, um, there is a couple things that are kind of here. And, and it was kind of the haunted house used it for a tunnel. But, you know, we're, we're eventually going to take that down because that hallway over there is very active with footsteps. And, uh, you know, apparitions. Uh, there was a lady on the ghost tour once when we brought people up here. She took a photograph in that hallway, and you see a person from the waist down walking down the hallway. And that's the difference between a ghost and an apparition. A ghost is more of a sound and a feeling. An apparition is something you can actually see. Right. So an apparition is, you know, just a fancy name for, you know, something that's materialized. So you can actually see it. Um, and she would got a photograph of an apparition going down the hallway mid stride from the waist down. And then from the waist up, it just goes away. So I was there and she was like, do you think I got something? Well, you hear that a lot. You know, a lot of people want to show photographs and things. And I was like, yeah, you, you definitely got something here. Um, yes, you did. And um, it, it's crazy because sometimes when you see these things, 
you just it's hard to believe you know in your brain it's hard for it to process i've seen some things and heard some things here and every time it's almost like it's the first time you've seen or heard it because your brain it, can't process yeah, it can't ghosts can't process bigfoot can't no because it, it, it doesn't understand well and i think that's a lot of times when people are like you've seen this but why couldn't you video or photograph it just like bigfoot or or other cryptids your brain can't process that you're seeing this so your brain is like, what is that? I don't know what that is. Let's make sense of and this. And it's, it's tough because one time I was driving back from uh, Alberta through the Rocky Mountains to right. BC. I saw this giant wolf, like bigger than my car. Drive. I was the only one in the middle of nowhere. It walked super, like I would have hit it if I didn't slow right. down. Walked in front of me and I watched it the whole time and then it just ran off. And I the whole time my camera's there and I was like, why did I not take yeah, a picture exactly. of that? Yeah. Right, right. Instead, yeah, I was just in awe watching this. It's the question people ask. Well, with cameras like they are on phones, why don't there are more videos or pictures of Bigfoot? If you it, see it for a so split fast. second, well, I you also know. think there's a little bit of vulnerability. Like if I right. take my eye off this thing for a second, it could be right there. Like yeah. I'm gonna watch it and not look. Yeah. Right. Or you're in awe. Like I was yeah. just in awe watching this yeah. thing, thing, thinking that is the biggest wolf yeah, I've ever seen in my life. Like every time that I've saw an apparition. And I've seen probably about eight or so different locations. Your mind processes it the same way every time. And you're like, what, what is that? And then by the time it's gone, you're like, I don't know what that was. Yeah. And, and it's just the human brain. It's how it works. Because if you're seeing apparitions outside of the Anderson Hotel. Yeah. Like, you know, I've been, uh, you know, all over the country. Penhurst Asylum um, is where I saw one apparition. And when I saw that apparition, it literally, literally stood behind me. It was one of Nick's events that we were doing up there. And I thought there was a person here the entire time behind me over my shoulder. Well, it moved off into the next room. So I was like, okay, why are they leaving? So I looked at it, and it's like somebody hit fast forward on a video recording, and boom, it was gone lightning fast, but it was white. Like walking or floating? It was, it was walking, but really quick, almost like somebody hit fast forward on a video, and boom, it was gone. So I was like, well, that was definitely not a human that's alive anymore. Um, you saw full form, everything? Full form, everything. Person? Yeah, and it was all solid white, uh, but oh. it had the form of a person. Um Saw an apparition here, but it was more of wispy kind of uh, smoky shape, mm. and it went across the hallway on the other side. I mean, I've seen tons of apparitions, and it's just when you see them, your brain does not process them. I've like seen I saw the, same the thing. yeah, I've seen I've seen the kid in there that's kind of got that grunge look. Talks about the kid, yeah, you mentioned him. So like he's uh he's in one of the rooms there when we first come up here. It was full of junk. So we couldn't really go in there and investigate much. But the one time that I saw him, I looked into the room. He had on like a flannel shirt, kind of long, greasy-looking hair, jeans, and he was staring at the floor. He was only there for a split second. He was gone. So I was like, man, maybe it's my brain playing tricks on me. Well, other people started to report that to me. Hey, I saw a kid in that room. He was only there for a second. And I've had that happen probably about four or five times now. No clue where he came from or why he's there. Um, but he was solid, just like us. I always mean, he in the was same solid. place. Yeah, always. Do you the think same sometimes place. like some apparitions are like on loops, or it's just? I think so, and I think that's what you get with some of the residual stuff. Like, I always try to explain to people: there's two different types of hauntings. For the most part, residual is almost like if the building records something, like a noise or or this. You know, say you have a Civil War soldier that walks through your house the same time about every year or something. That would be a residual. Don't really know you're there. Now, an intelligent hunting pretty much can interact with us. Mm -hmm. You know, if we ask it to do Bite something, you. it will do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, um, you know, I think he's just a residual for whatever reason. I think he's something in that room that's on a loop that keeps replaying when the conditions are right. And God knows what those conditions are. They kind of vary. Well, you mentioned that you can communicate with some of these, <clears throat> some of these ghosts, the, the, the residuals. And you mentioned, Len, that you saw in the hanging closet that when they filmed it with the ENT... ENT? Well, it's it's I forget what it, it's I forget what Nick calls that machine. Um, it's ba but basically, it's recording audio that you don't yeah. really know right. It's, about it's, it's it was yeah. talking to them. Yeah. Those. What did yeah. it say? I can't remember exactly what it said. I think it said, said "hang" or something. Didn't it say? He, yeah, it, it definitely like, came through with different words. Yeah. The way the machine kind of works is it gives them it, a voice, and it pretty much verified that the guy had been in there. Right. 
Yeah. Um, so, I mean, when you're... And this is what's cool evidence for me. When you are in a location where you have verified that somebody hung themselves, and then you start to get recordings that are about somebody hanging themselves. Yeah. For instance, in the drunks room, one of the EVPs that we gotten, we ask, what do you do all day long? And he comes to and he says, I drink. Well, okay. So this we is get the ghost it, answering right? your question. Yes. But you don't hear it at the time. No, no, you only hear it when that. you go back and listen. Like, we yeah. might go back and listen to this podcast and hear somebody talking. Who we knows? Know. So if you want to talk, here's the microphone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, the classic definition of an EVP is electronic That's voice EVP. phenomenon. Yeah. And so the it has to be captured by an electronic device in order to be an EVP. A recorder, video camera, something like that. I set a video camera up in that old hallway over there to try to see if we could capture footsteps or apparition. And I got audio of somebody violently throwing up. Oh, jeez. And there was nobody throwing up at the time. But on, I've got the recording. You can hear it. It's somebody throwing up. No clue. <clears throat> um, another thing in the drunks room, what we would start to do, and people still do to this day, they will bring him little bottles of liquor. Um, it's kind of like trigger objects, you know, to say, hey, here's this. Will you do something? Mm. So I started to bring in three bottles, and I would bring uh, bourbon, I would bring in uh, vodka, and I would bring in rum. I wanted to see what he would respond to. So uh, one of the EVPs I got was, you hear me ask, what do you want to drink tonight? Um, tell us about the party. And he comes through and he says, whiskey. I mean, it's clear. He says, mm. whiskey. So he wanted to drink the whiskey. So he's interacting. Of course. He, he wanted to drink. So... Mm. Um, you know, he, he likes to be very interactive and I will tell you that room has a very lighter feel than other parts of the hotel. I agree. It's a, a very light atmosphere. It's a town drunk, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. The, the happier guy. You know, he's, he's, he's a light, happy guy. You know, there's other parts of the hotel that are just dark and gloom and doom, mm-hmm. um, heaviness. And he's not like that. He's never been like that. As we start to, to, to wind down here, Jeff, is there anything that you've seen or anybody else has seen that we haven't discussed yet in, in, in this hotel? Because there's been so many different uh, encounters from what you've described already. Um, there is one uh, ghost that we got a recording of that probably actually has people's best interest in mind. And we had plastic over the doorways and things to keep it dark up here for the cameras at one time. We heard the plastic move. We were up here investigating. So another investigator, he took the recorder into that room. And you hear him on the recording. He says, I heard you moving around. Are you scared of us? And under his uh, voice, you hear, don't be afraid of me. I'll protect you. And it sounds like an old man. And he's talking under his voice. Wow. And I always tell people that that is the only ghost up here that probably has your best interest at heart. Because for the most part, they don't care at all. They hate psychics. I've had uh, psychic mediums come up here. They absolutely chew them up and spit them out. Hmm. Um, it's kind of fun to watch, actually. Like how? Um, I'll tell you one instance. I had a lady. She was a psychic medium, and I had her on the ghost walk to kind of do readings for people before the walk had began. She had never been in a haunted place before. So she said, well, can I come on the tour with you? I said, yeah, that's fine. You're welcome to. She said that when she got to the top of the stairs... That a ghost, you know, a male ghost, got up in her face and told her to get the F out. And um, she said she heard all this other little ghost laughter. So she left. She went all the way across the street. And I said, well, what did he look like? She said, we had a white tank top on, blue slacks, no shoes. The guy that hung himself in the closet, according to the coroner's assistant... Had a white tank top on, blue slacks, no shoes. And hated women. Right, and hated women. So she had no clue about that. She had no clue about that story. She couldn't have made that up. Um, She said the funny part is, is when she went across the street to the other side, there was another lady over there, and she said, I'm a little, you know, I'm a little sensitive, and I feel things, and I couldn't be in that place. And so she went all the way across the street. We've had people throw up. Because they couldn't stand being in here. So, and she saw him playing his day. Yeah. I've seen people in tears. There have been people that left his hotel crying. One of the instances was I was touring people through, and they saw somebody walk down the stairs to the point where they thought it was another person. So they looked down the staircase, and nobody was there. They left. They were in tears. Wow. Um, I had a lady on a tour not to, so long ago. She was in the suicide mattress room. She couldn't stand there. She, she emotionally broke down mm. and had to leave. Did anyone try to go talk to the good spirit at well, all? Well, I mean, you know, I think sometimes that the uh, bad override the good, and the bad are like, ah, 
you just stay in your room. We're going to handle this. Huh. So it's almost like they like to play games with people. Um, and then, of course, the uh, I, I kind of showed you the voodoo. Yeah. Um, that's something new. Um, and I don't really know how to deal with him, but to make him happy at this point. Um, I thought that was part of the of the haunted house. It yeah. was, but they didn't understand that what they had done was they had actually drawn the symbol on the wall um, that he's actually the gatekeeper for voodoo. So, just to, to background, there's 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 a, like kind of a voodoo uh, set up there, like an altar almost, and there's a big kind of uh, symbol painted on the wall behind it. Right. So you're saying when they painted this symbol, it's supposed to be a gag, but it ended up being something very Like a real. portal. Right. So, yeah, exactly. So Jeez. basically what they did was they Googled voodoo. Right. And, and if you Google voodoo, he's going to be one of the first symbols that comes up. It's called Papa Legba, and he's basically the gatekeeper to the other side. So in any voodoo ritual, from what I understand, you have to kind of get him to let you through. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like the uh, river man on the river sticks. You know, mm-hmm. you have to kind of pay him to get through. And they didn't, and by drawing that symbol, that is literally um, you can't just a way erase to open it. that door. So, yeah, you can't undo that. No. So, you know, the altar that you see in there, I put it there because I've, I've had to do research on voodoo for paranormal research and doing investigations. And I've helped police departments with voodoo cases. And in doing that, I kind of knew what you needed to do to kind of keep him happy. So that's what you see in there. You know, he's got tobacco and rum and his red and black feathers and things. Little so, altar. Right. So the altar is there to kind of make sure that he controls what comes through that that doorway that was accidentally put there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it works, but there are some things up here now that were not here before that I never encountered like the clown. And there are seems to be some other uh, entities up here now that just are a little different, a little stronger, a little creepier. Um, like the no-legged man. The no-legged man. I hope I never get to see him. Yeah. Um, I do not want to see a person crawling around on the floor with no legs. That tends to keep you up for a day or so. <laughs> yeah. So, Jeff, when, when did this hotel finally stop being in operation? Late 80s. Um, late 80s okay. You know, late 80s. Um, and I, think, I think that's why that, that suicide mattress is still there. Um, because, they, you know, it wasn't going to stay open much longer. And people always ask the question, well, why wouldn't you get rid of it? Well, I think they tried to clean it up. Because if you notice, the blood stain's not as yeah. as prevalent as the one, the one that on the they stuffed side, yeah. down the back stairs. So I think basically what they did was they tried to clean the mattress up. You know, what are you going to do, throw away a bloody mattress on the street, on right. the curb? I mean, you really can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is not the weirdest thing we found. I mean, we found many artifacts up here from people that lived here that were very personal items, like family photos and things so well, I, every room still got stuff in yeah, it i mean it, it, we literally there are some of the original writing tables and wardrobes from the 30s that just were here hidden in the junk and luckily when the haunted house cleaned it out they knew what they were and they kept them so i mean there's a ton of stuff up here that, that still have remnants. So, so why if it closed in the late 80s did i don't know the owner of the city not uh refurbish it remodel it tear it down did they already know it was haunted like is this kind of a a city monument i think the reason that they didn't was because it was a money pit uh if if you see right in this room above us there's that kind of tin uh you know material that they keep from the plaster falling in that's the reason it's there and i think that he was attempting to redo it or to open it back up but you got to think the fire system alone that would have to be up here for people to live up here well, yeah. would cost, I mean, thousands of dollars. And, and all around us here are other businesses. So right. This is just kind of, this, it's kind of like a strip mall. Not mm-hmm. mall, but it's, 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 it's a, it's a, it's a it's quaint the main street Americana you know? Main Street where there's shop beside shop beside shop. And right. they're basically all connected. Yep. So to, to pull this out would basically maybe collapse the rest of the structure. Yeah. So, I mean, what they would have to do is... If they did not want the hotel to be here, they would have to tear down the second story, which would probably damage the the first Bottom story right businesses. There. And um, so they just said, "Heck with it, and we'll leave it here." We'll they basically just legoed it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's literally what they did. They just stacked it on top of there. So I mean, you know, you can't change that floor plan now. Yeah, We're just, stuck. There's no slapping lipstick on this one. No, no. And uh, there have been developers that have looked at this, and they're like, "No." 
um, we thought that we maybe wanted to turn this into a hotel mm-hmm. because this is on the bourbon trail. I mean, it's a highly trafficked tourist area for the bourbon industry. So, I mean, what, what, why not have a nice sure. little hotel that we could kind of make? Into but even if they fixed it up, yeah. all this would still be in here. Oh yeah. 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 You, you know? ain't getting rid of the ghost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you so know, you do ghost tours in here. Yes. Gotcha. And, and we do paranormal tours. People can come and they can investigate for four hours. They can rent. The location for eight-hour period, um, <laughs> weddings, parties, and oh yeah, you know whatever. <laughs> um, but you know they can get all that stuff through oldandersonhotel.com. You know we do tours up here regularly. We do four-hour investigations, eight-hour investigations. We rent the place out for paranormal groups to come in. And Have you ever slept in overnight? Absolutely not, and uh, <laughs> I don't plan to. I don't want to. I I would not sleep up here. Because I, I would not want to put myself off guard like that. Yeah, and it's cold too, man. Like I've been just shivering right. the whole time. I know it's you know January and everything, but it's not January. It's just cold up here. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the yeah. cool part about up here, and this is what I tell people that we offer that a lot of haunted locations don't. A lot of haunted locations, when it gets to be in the fall of the year in Kentucky, they're like, well, we have to close. We don't have heat. This stays pretty comfortable, although you have a light jacket on, mm. because the buildings downstairs, the heat kind of comes up. Like you mentioned, right? Right. right. So, I mean, you know, it stays comfortable. It's I've had investigators that have come in here and have, like, thermal underwear on, <laughs> and they're, like, ready for cold. And I'm like, you're going to shed some of those layers. And they're like, right. you were right, because it, it got warm up here. Jeff, um, do you think that you're a conduit? Why, is that one of the reasons why you're seeing so many apparitions? And I, I think that I'm open to it you know and i think that you know i don't i keep my mind open period i I wouldn't say that i'm psychic or anything like that but if you've i've been an investigator for over 20 years and in being in investigation circumstances you kind of get that feeling of okay there's something here there's something around it's just from being around it so long but uh yeah i I never close my mind off and and i always try to i literally there's sometimes when i'll just have conversations and announce hey I hear you back there. Now's not the time. Chill out. And, uh, you know, stuff will stop. So I always tell people, if you talk to them like mm-hmm. they're people, they were people at one time. So sometimes that works. And people, one of the well, they big... they still think they are. Right. So one of the big questions a lot of people ask is, how do you get rid of ghosts? You don't. Yeah. That's not possible. There Some people are like, oh, you can. Well, even the most notable hauntings, they always come back. And you got to think about it. They were here first. Mm -hmm. And there's this old folklore that if somebody dies in a location that they always own that place. And you are merely just there temporarily. And that's an old folklore that if somebody dies inside of a building, that that person will constantly have ownership over that space. Mm. Last question for you. You mentioned you've had 20 years of experience and many, many encounters. Is there one encounter that stands out for you anywhere that's your scariest or most unsettling? The most unsettling experience that I've probably had um, was, it wasn't even um, seeing an apparition or anything, but really good friend of mine, John Tenney, which is just an insanely great investigator, he brought this conjuring board, and it was a conjuring board from the 1800s that they had actually used to summon uh, things. That an old conjure person, an old hoodoo worker would have this. And he brought it, and he said, hey, if you put a little rum in this little cap and you light this candle, it's supposed to summon Baron Safety, which is the Papa, Sh- uh, Papa Shango-looking voodoo <laughs> loa, you know, for any wrestling right, right. fan out there. So I was like, okay, let's, uh, let's see what we can do here. Now, the coffin nails that were there, they were two coffin nails that hold this little mirror. So we lit the candle, put some rum in there. Then we blew the candle out. Nothing happened. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. When I went to bed that night, I had a dream that I was in New Orleans. And we were walking through a cemetery looking for this voodoo priestess grave. We got to this voodoo priestess crypt, and this green fog started to come out. And she retched out of the crypt, and she scratched me on my arm. Oh. When I woke up the next day, I had three scratches oh, wow. Oh, wow. on my arm. That's that crazy. There's no reason that they should have been there. And I was like, I probably shouldn't dabble in voodoo anymore. <laughs> but uh, stuff like that yeah. is, is real unsettling. And then there's another experience that clicks out of my mind. It's not really like i seen a ghost. But in Missouri State Pen, we were doing an event there, and they had the gas chamber. And they had their original gas chamber where, you know, so many men were put to death there. Right. 
And so they let you sit in that gas chamber chair. And it's it was the creepiest feeling I'd ever had because all along those walls are the pictures of the men that died there. And you're just sitting staring in the chair. At you. It's almost like that feeling would come through your chest. Mm. I mean, it's just creepy. But, you know, there's a lot of stuff that happens. There's a lot of things that will catch you off guard. Um, you know, but it's just, it's the couple, two or three times where it's just in your brain mm-hmm. that you can't explain what it is. Well, man, I got to tell you, like I said, this has been a great experience for us just doing this. We're still in the dark, and there's actually a door right here. I've been looking behind every three seconds. <laughs> I keep sure. looking past you yeah, to yeah, look I at know. it, I'm too. Just like, I don't like sitting with my back to the uh, possible apparition that's going to appear. Well, me and Luther, I, I know that you heard it. We heard like a little tapping. I was yeah. Like a little tapping over okay. here to my You side. heard that, too. I did. I, did I you noticed see me that looking you were looking, and I was time? like, I don't so know what that I kept is. looking over, and I was like, during this? it was yeah, yeah, just a few just seconds a little while ago. And I was like, it was like a little. Yeah, it was like something was happening on this door right here or something. It was metal sound. Yeah, it was a weird sound. And at first, I thought it was you, and I kept looking. I was like, "No, he's not moving." Yeah, I was looking. I was like, "I know, I know, Luther here." Oh, yeah, I but. I looked over a bunch of times. I was like, "Okay, <laughs> well, maybe we should uh, quit where ahead." I'm not ghosted, uh, Jeff. This has been great. Thank you so much. No man. problem. Awesome. You're welcome anytime. You know, you're welcome to come and. Uh, this is a one-stop shop you know, for me. Try not to get bit. I, I will right? be back. Oh yeah, I know Luther will be back. He wants to get that bike mark. Sleep up on there. that couch right there. Yeah, that's an original. You know what? I slept on worse. It's, right. This is when you step in your room. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Thanks, guys.